Welcome to the RCCF Podcast. I'm Phil Forrester. Joining me today on the podcast is my better half and the real heart of Rock City Complete Fitness, my beautiful and talented wife, Lori. And together we want to bring you a topic today that's something we're both very passionate about. Lori and I spend countless hours talking about what we can do to inspire more people to put health and fitness higher on the priority list. We believe that it's the ultimate problem to solve. What can we say or do or offer? Do we try to scare people? Do we try to bribe people, uh, harass people? Is there some offer that we could put on the table that would increase participation? We've tried and continue to try everything. But one of the conversations that sticks out with both of us is when it happens, the health scare, the I'm now sick and there's some type of health event that's waking me up. So they'll call or they'll reach out and say, hey, uh, I want to I want to start working out or I've, my doctors just told me I have this problem, so I, I need to start exercising. Um, let me be clear, we'll, we'll welcome those folks. We want you to come in, at whatever it takes to get started. Um, but here's the question. How much better positioned would you be to tackle this new health scare if you had not waited until the health scare to actually move health and fitness higher on your priority list? I have a personal experience with that. When I started CrossFit in the fall of 2012, I didn't know that I'd be having open heart aortic aneurysm surgery three years later, but I was able to navigate the surgery and recovery with ease because I had invested in my health and fitness for three years before that. Because before that, I was not healthy. I was a smoker. I was overweight for my height. Uh, I just wasn't all that healthy. So this is what we have to fix. We have to figure out, is there a way to get more people not only saying the words, hey, I really need to get in back into the gym and clean up my diet, but actually doing it and doing it before there's some emergency or some scare. That brings me to today's guest. Candace has been a member of RCCF since almost the first day. Uh, when you hear her story, there was no way that she could have known what was coming, but when it did, she was physically and mentally as prepared as she could possibly be to handle the adversity. Her story is one I wish we could shout from the mountaintop. Don't wait. Invest in yourself today because you need to be ready for what is inevitably coming. It's not an if, it's just simply a win. So here's Candace and her story about perseverance, commitment, and recovery. All right, Candace, um, thank you so much for uh, your willingness to do the podcast today. So uh, we want to make sure and get your story out there because it's so inspirational and we, th and we believe that you are an example of somebody who's fought through hard things, but continues to make your health and fitness uh, a priority. So to kind of tee it up, Lori, why don't you frame it up a little and okay. we can get started. So this is Candace Belasco. She has been a member here at our gym since 2017. That's right. Right from the very beginning, joined our, our boot camp when we were just barely doing it, right? Like 6.30 p.m. after hours, 
um, and kind of just came on board after running into a friend, right? I did. I was in Walmart one day after picking up the kids and scrambling through there, and I ran into a friend from high school that I had played softball with, and she had just come from the gym, super sweaty, <laughs> walking through. And I was like, what are you doing? And she told me that she was over here at Rock City and that it just got under new ownership. And, um, you know, I asked her, I was like, when do they meet? You know, those quick All details as you can get in the middle of Walmart. And uh, she's like, why don't you just call Lori, ask her, you know, what they do. They do like this intro thing. Just go in and talk to her. And I was just like, yeah, well... Why not? So I think I messaged you through Facebook, probably. Or yep. if she gave me your number, I texted you. And then I think a few days later, I showed up and I was like, let's do it. Let me try it. Yeah, you were on board pretty quick mm-hmm. and, and, and started coming really um, con- consistently and was making progress. And then we had some, we had some things pop up in life, right? Yes. Some things that uh, a lot of people go through, but tends to throw us off track. That's so true. what what happened? Um, I guess it was 2019, so I'd already been a member about a year and a half. Um, I ended up getting divorced. Um, still had small children, so that was uh, a whole challenge of learning to, you know, be a single mom and starting on my own, and that was also right before COVID began. Oh, gosh. So as if figuring out how to be a single parent on your own wasn't enough, we (laughs) entered the COVID period right after that, which further complicated trying to figure out uh, everything that happens next after that. Yeah, and you had had kids at home of what ages? I think then they were, uh, what, four and six, maybe five and seven. Like they were just entering school. Needing you, needing you. Yes, there Mm -hmm. was no leaving them alone. you know, when I first started coming to the gym, I had to bring them with me most of the time. Um, and there's a picture that I have when I first started that I think Jamie, one of the coaches, took. Mm-hmm. But my kids are sitting where the garage doors are open on either side, oh, and yeah. I'm running through. And they're just sitting there. We each have a toy in their hand watching me run. I love that picture. Yeah. I know the picture you're talking mm-hmm. about. And they were super small, and that was not too long after I started. So. Yeah, so you started setting a good example for them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Then we were, we were rolling right along. We hit COVID, which threw everybody off. And then um, you took a little break, I think, after that. Did you know? I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. COVID was really difficult because, I mean, you're staying home every day with the kids, and they couldn't go to school, and they were mm-hmm. too young for me to leave at home by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just, even when the gym reopened, there was just physically no mm-hmm. way to do it when your kids are that small to try and get there. So I think I took... A little bit of time off just to figure out what was happening now when, you know, Mm -hmm. waiting to go back to work or go back to the office and trying to work from home. And clearly there was some challenges with um, not only childcare, but financials, getting your your divorce settled Mm -hmm. and all of those things that that go on. So we were you were you stuck on our minds. So (laughs) we were constantly reaching out to you like, hey, girl, come back. Finally, you're like, I got to get back in there. I'm falling off. Came back. Mm-hmm. And then you came back to boot camp, right? I mean, yeah. I did. Because that's when we opened. Yeah. When I came back, uh, boot camp was open. Because when I started, it was just the CrossFit only mm-hmm. side. And um, when I came back, you know, I had been off for so long, which 
you know, looking back now, it may have been only six months, but I swear it felt like an eternity. <laughs> um, it felt like eternity for all of us. <laughs> yes, back it then, sure so. it did. But when I came back, you guys had opened the boot camp side, and I decided to, you know, start there since I had been out of it for a while, and I just fell in love with it. It was my speed. It was challenging. You could change it, and the uh-huh. people that were there in class, you know, really, we all related together. Yeah. So moving right along, you were um, just trucking away, getting results, feeling good. You had a little medical blip. (laughs) First one, the first one. The first one. Um, The first one, I was, you know, training here at the gym to do Festivus Mm -hmm. the first time I was going to do it. And, you know, I started having a lot of pain just in my stomach area and then not hungry ever, which is not like me because I love food. And I ended up needing my gallbladder removed, which was, you know, a six-month-long deal trying to fight through that. Mm -hmm. So I think that put me off for about a month. Yep. So another little obstacle, and you were like, okay, I've got to take some time off. We're like, well, you know where we are. We kept reaching out. You okay? Ready to come back? All right. Cleared that. Cleared that. Cleared that. Okay, I'm back. I'm back, Lori. Let's go. I was so ready, too. When I came (laughs) back, I was like, okay, I am healed. I I feel great. I... I've gone. I've this. gone through the hard stuff. <laughs> right. Like, I've gone through a divorce. I've gone through COVID. I've gone through gallbladder surgery. We've made it. My kids are older now. Like I can really focus on myself. Let's go. We are all in fitness and health. And then, and then, then I uh, I had bought a brand new house. You know, which is stressful. Oh yeah. Um, and I started getting headaches. Quite often, I uh, was really tired, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm just stressed. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. I was hanging out at work one day, doing my work, sitting at my desk, doing my thing, um, and I got a really bad headache, and I blacked out um, at my desk, and uh, one of my coworkers took me to the emergency room, and like nine hours later, and then a whole other day later, a couple of scans came back to tell me that I had uh, about a baseball-sized tumor in the back of my brain. Bam. Yes, game. You want a game changer? That one, <laughs> there's one for you. <laughs> yeah, you texted me. I yes, was like, from um, the emergency yes, room. <laughs> this is what's going on, and immediately we all just, what do you need, right? Like, what can we do? After everything that you had been through, mm-hmm. We're in our, in our heads, we're like, this is the last person who needs this. You were but not wrong. <laughs> not, being, not, <laughs> not that anyone does, but. Right. So with that original diagnosis, that must have been terrifying for one thing with your kids at home. and That was probably the first thing that I thought about is I just, I was like, you know, I knew how serious it was. They show you the picture and you look mm-hmm. at it and you see that it's a fourth of your brain back there. And uh, has been there, you know, your whole life. You've just been muttering through, not knowing the difference. But, you know, the reality is you could go into surgery for anything and not come out. But when someone's cutting into your brain, that feels like a really big deal. And my biggest concern was what are my kids going to do when I'm done? Or, like, what happens when I get done? What do I look like? What do I act like? Who am I after that when you don't know? Right. Because even though though, um, it was benign Mm -hmm. 
and you knew it wasn't cancerous. The, the surgery itself was still pretty scary. You didn't know what kind of damage was going to be done, mm-hmm. um, what you were when you came out, how much therapy you were, were going to need, right? Yeah. And um, in your in your head, were you thinking, okay, I've done some hard things in my life. I've been through this, this, and this. I can do this, or were you? Did you find yourself? giving up did you find yourself or or did that give you strength I'm just curious to know in the beginning what what was going through your head you know I was ridiculously calm Mm -hmm. about it surprisingly because you know some of the other life events that had happened before I was not calm I was freaking out (laughs) but uh that I remember so I found out on what a Wednesday that I was going to be having surgery a week later and that entire week I was extremely just okay what do I need to do to get ready what do we need to do to be prepared? I mean, and we're talking everything, like prepared for if you live, prepared for if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all because I had faced so many big things before is I was like, okay, well, if I can do all of those, this is going to be fine. I don't know how fine it's going to be, but it's going to have to be, and we're going to just have to figure it out mm-hmm. as we go because you can't borrow any more trouble than you need at that rate. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I can, but I <laughs> chose not to actively. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess back. Let's let's go backwards. If you were looking at your original when you got divorced, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, "Oh, that was the hard thing, right?" And then the gallbladder. Oh, that no, that was that was hard. Surgery's hard. Mm-hmm. And then you're hit with something even harder, both physically and mentally. Where were you in your physical journey at that time? Did you, did you feel strong for surgery? Did you feel like, okay, my body is ready to handle something like this? That's a really good question. And I really, yes, I felt really strong. Um, and I didn't really realize how much until after surgery and the recovery, mm. how much I was physically prepared to uh, have to walk and have to you know, live life. I mean, I already had been living life on my own to the best of my ability and doing all of that prep work and uh, mentally and physically to prepare myself to be ready for after. Um, But I, you know, I was scared before surgery. I was like, what if, what if I can't? But I think that all of the determination and really just the physical part of it made my body in a better place mm-hmm. to come back from this surgery um, to where I am now. Yeah. How do you feel now when you're facing, let's just say something, what I would consider minimal, a hard workout in 98-degree weather that we've experienced <laughs> lately? How do you feel now going into something difficult like that after everything that you've been through? You know, I have a real I can do this attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds silly, but it's like you you hold your weight and measure here. Is it as bad as a brain tumor? No, <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but it just like you look at it and you're like, it's hard, but I've done this so I can mm-hmm. do that. Um, and I only know that because I did this. Right. Fill in the blank. You know, it could have been any of the things. But because I survived brain surgery, because I had to learn how to be whoever this person is now and deal with some of the setbacks after surgery, then 
whatever it is now can be figured out. And Absolutely. maybe not today, and it may not be six months from now, but you can't till you start. Yeah, well, I mean, you just can't till you start. If yeah. Well, and I think that's part of our message as we talk to people who are struggling with making health and fitness a priority. Um, we, we sometimes get the people, you as an example, after surgery who have had a traumatic experience and are now saying, oh my, I now need to work out. I now need to get in shape because I've been diagnosed with diabetes or I've been diagnosed with a heart issue or my doctor said I need to, I need to exercise. So part of our desire is how do we sw swim upstream a little bit and try, and try to get people get motivated and engaged with the understanding that they could face very similar to what you faced. I mean, imagine or maybe speculate for a minute, what, what if you hadn't been working out? What if you hadn't been through the four years of consistent focus on your health and fitness? Come back, practice. Yeah, what, now what? what where, where do you think you would have landed in that journey? You know, that's, that is a really good question and uh, hard to put into words. But I'll, a lot of my motivation and knowing that I could do hard things uh, did not happen my first day here. <laughs> um, it did not happen maybe my second year here because I probably was like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I remember you flipping it. I've got a video of you flipping the tire and being so frustrated. And you, I probably a, kicked, you kicked it. the tire. She flipped it and then she kicked it and walked yeah. off. And she, she's given me some pretty dirty looks over yes. the last few yes. years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely wasn't after day one. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, the best thing I ever did was walk through the door and say yes. And that was the hardest part of doing any of it. But it just, I mean, if I had never come to the gym at all and had to have brain surgery and then wake up tomorrow and be like, okay, well, we're going to do this now, you don't really wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. I wouldn't know that I could overcome recovery. I wouldn't know that I could try. Um, so that's hard to say. I mean, y'all, we all here did a lot of groundwork to get me ready for what I didn't know was coming. Yeah. But the truth is that none of us really know what's coming. Yeah. And... I mean, you know, sadly, so many people walk in the door and they wait until they've got some kind of diagnosis. They wait until their doctor has said, you've got to get healthier. Or they'll say, um, I've got, you know, two weeks until this major thing that I've got to have. And they want to see, what can I get done? I'm like, the time was yesterday. The time was last year. The time is today. Mm -hmm. So if you could encourage someone to start today. The time was yesterday, but today. Yesterday. That's excellent. We've got to get more proactive because mm -hmm. we just, frankly, we don't know what we're going to be facing. Two weeks, two years, two months. You just don't know what's coming. And it could be an accident, an illness, um, you know, some kind of emotional thing that happens in your life where you need some, you need to build some resilience. So, what would you say to someone who's saying, you know, you know what, I'll, I'll take care of that later I'll, I'll, after this is over, maybe after summer? No, I'm 100% with you on that. There is no after this is over because I can tell you I uh, promised or I promise you that I felt that way 
uh, before I walked in the door here. It'd be like, oh, okay, well, maybe when the kids are a little bit older. Maybe when I have my life together. Maybe when, you know, this happens or, you know, my schedule lines out. There is no when your schedule lines out. You know, I think about it now, and, you know, part of after my surgery is my vision. Well, how many things could I have done when I saw differently than I do now? Mm-hmm. So you've got some deficits in your vision now mm-hmm. from that surgery. Tell us about that. I do. So uh, part of where the surgery happened and the after effects, you know, I was very fortunate to come out of surgery and be able to walk and talk and do a lot of things normally, but I am left with half a visual field. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that if I look at a circle, I only see half of it. Doesn't matter where the circle is. Um, If there's six letters on a page, I only see three. Uh, Just basically see nothing from the middle of whatever I'm looking at to the complete right-hand side. Um, and it wouldn't matter if it was light or anything. You can ask my kids who I've walked into a couple times because I don't <laughs> see them standing there. Um, that it just, there's just no, nothing being registered on that side. Um, and, and here's what's so amazing. She just started doing box jumps again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about of- overcoming a fear. You had overcome the fear of doing box jumps before, right? Like you were scared to do a box jump before. We got through it. We, we learned to do the most perfect box jump. Then this happens, and you have to do it again. Well, you don't have to, right? You didn't right. have to. Nobody was pushing you to do a box jump. You're like, I'm going to do this. And we were all like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> it's okay if you don't want to. And but she just really know, did say she that. She really wanted to do this. <laughs> and she did it. And I swear it was perfection. And that had to feel so incredible. It did. The uh, depth perception issues of not being able to see, I was terrified to jump on that box. Um, I still only step about one size up just because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know how far the ground is. I think it's down there. But jumping on the box is a whole different story because if you miss, you're going to fly forward, backward, sideways, whichever way. Yeah, it takes you. Yeah, I actually don't don't pressure people to do box jumps, but it is something that is more about overcoming a fear and just doing something that you're really proud of accomplishing rather than it being like the best exercises because it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. Right. But it is overcoming a fear. I found that with a lot of people. And the fact that you did that again after everything that you've been through is just amazing to me. Well, thank you. I I mean, I really wanted to try. I've tried really hard since surgery just to attempt the things I did before. You know, I have limitations, and I pretty much have learned what those are. But if I can push it just a little bit and do it, then why not? And do it safely. But, um, you know, I don't want this to be the line that you're not allowed to cross. Right. You know, I I know there is a line, but, you know, if, if I can do something within reason... We talked about that time factor and how much time you don't know you have and how much um, how much everything is left, whatever you're left with in front of you. What the heck are you waiting for? Like, <sighs> Just so true. You know? Well, and I think that speaks to the value of the pattern that you built mm-hmm. so that you had the pattern when you needed it. Yes. Because, you know, if, if you cycle back and say you never started the gym, you never plugged yourself into a consistent health and fitness journey then when you get to this moment, you're at risk of being a victim 
of your circumstance. You know, that you are, it's very easy and, and everyone would allow you mm -hmm. to sit home and be still and not take risk. And, and there would be hugs and appreciation and, you know, it's okay, make it okay for you. Meanwhile, your own personal health and fitness is deteriorating day by day because you're unwilling to leave the house, do hard things, put yourself at risk, body, mind, I mean, all that stuff you never learned how to do. So I, I, think, I think that fighting the future victim is a big part of getting plugged into a consistent effort. Things that are hard. We talk about uh, whether it's a CrossFit exercise or work of a boot camp exercise as being um, trauma, shared trauma. Was oh, it? yeah. Trauma bonding. Yeah, trauma, trauma bonding. Trauma bonding, <laughs> right? Where, where you'll see that in, in wartime Healthy and fighting and people, yeah. you know, where they're, they're bonded in the, in the foxhole. And, and we've associated some of that, not extreme, but to getting through a hard workout where everybody's doing the same thing, sweating the same way, feeling the same pain, and you get through it in the end, and the clock's done, and you look at each other, fist bumps, <laughs> knowledge, a little nod, like, yeah, that hurt. And, and I think that, that trauma bonding moment transcends and transfers into, I've survived, mm -hmm. so I now know I can. So, you know, I, I, would, I would encourage anyone listening to this to not just look at health and fitness as, you know, improving the longevity of life, but also your willingness to participate in it, no matter what. And at a level that you might not otherwise, if you're not, you know, really engaged in pushing yourself, because that's what this is about, pushing yourself. You really couldn't have said that any better. And I mean... A big part of that is a lot of the group that's in the boot camp class with me. Uh, you know, there are people that you're exactly right. They go through this with you, 45-minute workout, 35-minute workout, whatever you're working through. These guys are with you every day, you know, three times, four times, five times a week. And you see them and you feel accountable to them as a group. You feel accountable to yourself and you want to do it. And you want to show up uh, to be a part of the community that's there, like-minded people pull you along and even if you don't start like-minded you can get like-minded when you find a place for you to be yeah talk about the community a little bit because i think that's an undervalued component of plugging into this health and fitness journey because you know you leaned into it a lot when when you know you're you were diagnosed so talk about the value of that to you uh the value of this community is or whatever community you're choosing to be a part of is I mean, immeasurable because, I mean, you can go to a regular gym or you can go out in your front yard and you're not going to push yourself near as hard as the people that are beside you. But the people that are beside you, they want the best for you. That's, they want the best for themselves. That's why they're there. You know, or frankly, they're there to try and get to where you are or they're there to try and get wherever they need to be. And the people that are supporting you and walking through this with you, regardless of whether they're walking through the 30 minutes in the gym or they're calling you and asking you where the heck you were because you didn't show up today, what's going on with you, um, it's just so important that you have those people in your corner and those people in your life that you want to want the best for you. You know, you need people. Yeah. And I we like to be people. by myself, but you need, like, you really need people. You need people to cheer you on, support you however they can, however you need. And the best part of having a community of 
people working toward fitness health goals is that they want that for you too. So are there any particular folks you want to highlight or call out as you <laughs> came back from your, uh, uh, from your diagnosis and surgery? I will, because I have very much struggled with the ability to drive. Um, and one of my partners, Ashley, that normally we're buddies in the gym, we lift the same, we do a lot of the partner workouts together. She was very important in taking me to where I need to go. Uh, making sure I get there because, you know, we work out at 5 a.m. and it's dark outside and this girl, me, not driving in the dark. <laughs> um, Nicole also drives me three days a week consistently every week. She lives near me, so it's easy for her to pick me up. But neither one of these girls have complained once about having to take me. And um, they have been a game changer because, I mean, I. And you need to know, too, that you are good accountability for them as well. We did figure that out <laughs> three or four months in. They were like, I didn't want to tell you I didn't want to go because I was supposed <laughs> to pick you up. And then I would say this. I was like, man, I really didn't want to go today, but I didn't want you to not <laughs> be there because I didn't want to be there. So we've kind of Who knew that brain surgery would be a great accountability partner? Exactly. Who knew? I mean, it's the perfect tactic, but I wish for no one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and part of getting getting back in that routine was getting back to yourself and being a part of the gym, getting your daily workout. That was yourself. That was myself. If, You're right. If it wasn't yourself, you wouldn't know what to get back to, would you? That is an excellent <laughs> point. I would be lost in the dark trying to be like, oh, well, let me join this. Well, but I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So, um, yes, whenever I was able and cleared for exercise, this was one of the very first things I wanted to come back to because it was what I had gotten used to. It was part of my weekly, daily routine. And it was where I felt like home. And it was really, really important to me that I did not give that up. That's part of what we <clears throat> talk about is prioritization. You know, the, we, we will say to people, if your health and fitness is not in your top five, then you're at risk that it never gets done the way it needs to get done. It doesn't get the attention it needs. It doesn't get the resources, financial investment it needs, whatever those things are. So where would you rank your kind of your health and fitness uh, in your in terms of importance to you now? Um, I mean, you know, I would love to say number one, being a mom is my number one. Yeah. But uh, it probably two or three, depending yeah. on what work week I'm having. But <laughs> <laughs> And I love my job. But um, it just it's really important for a variety of reasons. It keeps me mentally focused. Mm -hmm. It keeps me on task. You know, once you fall out of that routine for a couple of days, you're like, oh, I'll just sleep a little bit later today or I won't get this done today. Like, it's just part of who I am now and it's who I want to be. I want to get up and get this done and then have motivation to do the rest of the day. Um, it's about the only way I'm going to be successful otherwise or else I'd be laying there till we're 10 minutes late and everybody's <laughs> yelling at each other to get ready. Um, it's just really, there's no not going back to whoever else was there before yeah. because this is who I am now and then I'm not me without it but you've had to decide to make that your your in your top three yeah it's because a yeah it's if you had waited to put it into the time that you had mm -hmm. after work whenever it just never comes right oh I started that way and I missed that 6 30 class quite a bit in, in the <laughs> beginning because I would be late or couldn't do it mm -hmm. uh, I had to purposely and intentionally switch to the 5 a.m class 
because if you get it done then, you get the rest of your day. You don't have any time to make excuses other than the fact that you're tired at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's helpful to hear someone like you, and, and I, I have the same struggles, that even with your level of commitment and prioritization, that there's still those times where you're like, I don't want to go. I'm tired. I want to sleep in. I mean, and we have, it still happens. It, there's never a point where you're not having to decide to do it. There's, you have to. You're 100% right. I mean, it's a daily decision, weekly decision. It's, you're in charge of that decision. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'll roll over and look at them like, oh, I got to go. Somebody there waiting on me. I got to go. Get out of bed. Mm -hmm. But she, you know, and, and just talk yourself through it. And everybody experiences it. Because I think there's some people who look at folks who are this committed, whether it's me or Lori or you. They've seen, they're, wow, she's, you're up on this pedestal. Like, this is easy for you. You've been doing this for a while. You're a workout and person. You're a workout person. <laughs> and, and that's just not the reality. No workout person here, just strong-minded person. Uh, someone said the other day, yeah, but you, what'd they say? Yeah, but you love working out. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? I love how it makes me feel afterwards. I feel accomplished. It, it wakes me up. I'm a morning person. I, you know, but I don't love it. And you don't love it. And yeah. Phil doesn't love it, but we love it afterwards. Yeah. Afterward we love the accomplishment. is the best part when mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I'm ready to do today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. I survived and I'm fine. Uh -huh. Let's go. And we just have to bottle that feeling, just, just pocket it in our little brain and go, okay, remember that. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you're not wanting to do it, just lean into that. You know it's mm -hmm. going to feel better at some point here shortly. So that's important for sure. Well, Candace, you have been such an inspiration for so many in this gym, and we appreciate you sticking with us, and we're happy that we could help you come through this, and I know you're still going through it, so it's not over, um, but I've been wanting to sit down with you for so long and just hear a little bit longer version of your story and, and what all you have been through, and I hope it helps someone to realize that, you know, my little ache in my knee is not enough. To, to stop. Yeah, and you wouldn't want it to. You know, I get asked a lot, uh, you know, what advice I would give or how did you do it? Show up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that complicated, and I wish it was more complicated than that, but it literally is walk through the door, show up. Show up, show up for yourself, show up for your kids, yeah. show, show up for whoever the heck you want to, but show up because if you don't show up, you can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pandas, and um, and we look forward to seeing you more in the gym. Sounds great. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the RCCF podcast.